0: Hello and welcome to Something Rotten Season 2 Episode 4. We have just finished Kane and Lynch 2 Dog Days. My name is Jacob Geller. I'm here as always with Blake Hester. What's up Blake?
1: Hi Jacob, thanks for having me. Um, You know I was worried when I set out to finish this game earlier today that uh, unlike other Something Rotten games this wouldn't end with a plane for no reason and luckily I'm I'm happy to report this is three for three, games ending with planes for no reason. Games
0: ending with planes, that's what we got. And you have finished this game just minutes ago, is that right?
1: Just minutes ago. Uh, I had a nice fun glitch right at the very end, so I got to watch that final cutscene twice. Hell yeah. But I'm done, baby.
0: Um, And so, as well as Blake, we also have a special guest today. We are here with Cole Henry, who wrote an excellent article on or uh, article think piece essay you know whatever on on kane and lynch 2 and and we read it and we're like we should have this guy on our show about kane and lynch 2 so thanks for joining us cole
2: yeah thank you for having me yes i love the game about the two angry men who you can just see how they smell on screen (laughs) it's very true that might be the uh, the description of the series that we've been looking for, <laughs>
0: is games about men who you can just identify their smell. I haven't um, showered
1: in like three weeks just to kind of do some method acting for this show. Yeah,
0: season three is actually about Blake Hester, so <laughs> get ready for that. <laughs>
1: that wasn't um, a bit
0: either, it's been a while. Cole, do you <laughs> want to... I'm going to get off this topic. <laughs> Cole, do you want to give us, give us just kind of like the the brief of what you wrote? You know, we'll link this in the description and people will be able to read it. But if you had to like kind of give us a, a, a thesis sentence or two, what would it be?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I guess the like sort of on a macro level, the piece I wrote is about just how like earnest this game is in its like debauchery and like genuine abrasive ugliness. And how, mm-hmm. when you look at like the AAA game space, you don't see you don't see a lot of games, regardless if they're tackling, you know, intense themes, and not be this honest about what like what their project is and what they're doing. Yeah. And then I sort of work through sort of how more formally than thematically this game goes about, just being, very ugly and uncomfortable for three hours that feel a lot longer than they are.
0: Yeah, Blake and I, I think were. We're almost a broken record last week on on kind of that topic, because we, we started the series by playing Canaan Lunch one with we, we both just hated and, <laughs> and we had uh read on who enjoyed it and, and did kind of defend what that game was doing, mm-hmm. but but we you know, just had no fun. And then to get into Canaan Lunch Two, which really seems like it has just has like the balls to do this Definitely. aggressive anti-game stuff, and and yeah. what we kept coming back to is like this game cost money, you know. <laughs> like there were like publishers that like invested in making a game this square, gross. Square Enix. <laughs> no yeah, less.
2: they, they expected and they expected to turn like a profit. Like they were like very, <laughs> very confused <laughs> yeah. when this game wasn't, you know, all the rage at your local GameStop. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I.
1: Cole I'm curious aside from your piece or I guess was when you played this game for your piece was that the first time you'd played it or did you have like a personal history with it before
2: um no I first played it in high school there was a big snow day here in Georgia one time and some my friend and I were like let's just play some co-op games so we played payday 2 for a few hours really did not connect with it and then he had a copy of can Lynch one and we played all of that and yeah. I think I'm a lot warmer on that game just because of I can tie it back to that experience and I haven't played Chick- it since then. And then we downloaded Camelage too. We paid sixty dollars for it on Xbox Live. And like Wow. What, but we split it like thirty thirty. And then we played yeah, So it. you
0: each you each played ten dollars per hour. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then we finished it and we're just like very confused at what happened and I really, really did not like it when I was fifteen.
0: Yeah. I, that I, is interesting, though, that I'm glad you have the experience with co-op, which neither of us have. Mm-hmm. And I, we were talking about with the first game that we realized that we were missing a lot of the experience yeah. because we were both playing it single player and it was marketed and, and build and everything as a co-op game. And so mm-hmm. you played both of them with someone else. Yeah, which for the, is for the cool. first
2: go-arounds. But I think with Kane Lynch too. I think experiencing it alone actually makes for a better experience i don't think the co-op adds anything formally or thematically interesting to the experience and Mm. i think there's a genuine purpose in seeing two from lynch's perspective that playing as kane just like doesn't make it feel right i guess totally the proper word for that
0: yeah, we we kept coming back to in one like why on earth are we playing as Kane? Like the only person that's interesting in this story is Lynch, and and so yeah, playing as that. in two, it's interesting that the co-op partner would then have to play this just blank slate, like this kind of nothing he's got, character. He's got a daughter. He's got a daughter, and he's got an eye scar,
1: and that's that's his character. And at the end of this game, I also wondered, why am I playing as Kane? It's true. (laughs) There's a character swap that's very confusing. Oh, yeah, that's very weird in that last mission. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, Um, yeah, I didn't even get to that in the thing I wrote. I haven't even, like, really thought that through, that there was a deliberate choice in doing that, and I can't point as to why. Yeah, well, at
1: first, I was like, I know we're jumping ahead here, but, like, um, at first I was thinking Maybe it's because Kane is kind of in charge Of the situation but then he's largely In charge of a lot of the situations And just telling Lynch what to do So I'm not sure but like also, thematically What that was supposed to indicate
2: yeah. For the player But these guys maybe are never it, in charge of any situation they like, That's they fair like, They headbutt their way into any encounter And just end it with a gunshot and lots of yelling Like they hate that's, what they're doing We hate what we're doing That's and Everyone very hates fair. everything
0: <laughs> Um, so, so Blake, you are just th- hot off the presses with this game. Can you give me like what? What do you feel having having beaten it just
1: minutes ago? I feel like on the previous episode, I was pretty hot and heavy on everything about this game, and I feel like my my uh, opinion hasn't really wavered. Um, right. Th- the the well, the one thing I did bring up last episode was knowing it was going to have some more. I don't know, triple-A set-piece bombast coming for me, and I was I was worried that the game would lose its intimacy there, and mm-hmm. I've 180'd on that, having played that level, and that level's actually incredible. Um, <laughs> it level <laughs> kicks ass. <laughs> uh, it possibly where a lot of this game's budget is in that level, because this is a 10-year-old level, and I was still like, holy shit, at the, like, just scale of it, for for listeners like you're in a helicopter flying around the shanghai skyline Mm -hmm. blowing the hell out of a skyscraper then you're fighting through a level like that building where a helicopter is smashed through so there's no windows in a lot of these levels and things look and just sound incredible um so yeah in summation having played it um or having finished it i'm super super hot on this I think uh, I'm I'm glad all my, to hear that. All my criticisms and all my praises remain unwavered. I still think it feels pretty bad. Uh <laughs> but I also was like at no point was I like I wish I was doing anything else right now. Like I was having mm-hmm. a great time with it.
0: Yeah, so I would I would say before we get into the kind of like uh, thematic story stuff anything, you know, other than the gameplay for the last half, I would say that there are several levels in this game that are made that are they're enjoyable to play only because of how fucking wild that
2: lmg feels to shoot <laughs> it's, am i right that's
1: yeah. g- the only good gun in the game and, like, as far as i'm concerned
2: th- the way the screen shakes and it like somewhat sometimes pixelates when you're just unloading, like unloading with that thing, is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I wrote about that in in my video specifically because it's like the first the first level that you play, the first couple levels actually after where we left off. We left off uh, after the level thousand cuts, which is probably the, kind of the most visually wild in the game, <laughs> where you're you're both naked and bleeding and just kind of running through the streets, and and after that, the level design is not particularly interesting you know it feels like you're just kind of in warehouses correct yeah. me if if y'all feel sure. differently but but you're just kind of running through warehouses but in some of those warehouses you're handed this lmg and it, it feels it, it has the same weight as like you know the bfg from doom or something in that it just feels like you can kind of walk into the middle of a square and just like
1: unload on people in- and <laughs> In a lot of the game's levels, the enemy pathing, when enemies enter a combat arena, they'll kind of funnel together. Yeah. And sit like standing up with the LMG right as they're doing that and mowing <laughs> down like ten dudes with a few shots is infinitely satisfying in this game.
2: Yeah, and I it's, think it's what makes the LMG feel so good is you're actually hitting multiple people. When you're like using a normal sword of or something, like even the crosshairs, even when you have it have them on a person, not every shot you take is hitting. And I think a lot of people can point that to like the game not feeling great, but formally speaking, I think it's... I'm not going to give the developers credit for this, per se, but I think it's very purposeful in how like bad that game feels. Like These people aren't like John Wick Marksmen. Sure. They're like, not every shot's going to hit. So I think once you get that LMG and every shot does start to hit and like bodies start dropping rapidly, then you're like, oh, this is different.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and, and also, you know, just just the fact that, like, it doesn't even really have an ammo counter. It ha- almost has kind of like a Halo-esque, <laughs> like, energy bar at the, at the bottom. And so it's like, you don't even feel like you're firing individual bullets. It's just like a hose that you're just kind of spraying downrange at people. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get to that uh, because it's one of my favorite parts of the game, but also because I don't have a ton to say about... Uh, basically the levels before the helicopter um so so the first one you start the the chapter seven after a thousand cuts is called the deal um and you're in kind of a shipyard Mm -hmm. which is interesting in theory but i i don't i just don't really have anything nothing really stands out about this level blake did you have any interesting experiences with it or cole
1: no, not particularly. I mean, it was interesting to see the way Glazer got played by um, Shang-Ci, but like, other than that, it was just kind of arena after arena for me.
2: I think I'm more partial on it just because it shows how, when Press and Do Corner Kane and Lynch react, like when like the double cross happens and all the guns are, get pointed back to them, Kane and Lynch don't like try and sneak out of there. <laughs> right? just try and shoot sure. their way out of this colossal situation. And I think that interest like what what is interesting in earlier parts of the game there's like weird stealth segments like you'll go into an encounter before people see you and this happens in the train yard mission as well and i like how there's no real stealth system because these men do not know what stealth is i i had a
1: very funny moment with that stealth system where i i rounded a corner and i was like okay the game's like asking me to be stealthy so i crouched down tried to plot it and Kane just rounded a corner and shot a guy, and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cool move, dude. <laughs> Appreciate Very that. In character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: I guess it does. It is an interesting character beat with Glazer kind of seeming at the beginning like he is, like, a guy in control. You know, that it's, like, y- both of you are just a complete mess, and Glazer's, like, oh, he actually knows what's going on. And it turns out, like, not really. Mm-hmm. You know, that that he's as much just, like, kind of fumbling around in the darkness as everyone else. Um, and so I like that thematically, but but actually playing it, uh, eh. It just didn't do much there for me.
1: There was something that stood out to me, um... And this it's this game this cutscene Glazer drops a ableist slur, which uh, the R word, if you will, which I found unnecessary and awful. But also, I was thinking like you, a rare word for a video game to drop. <laughs> like he said it, and I was like, ta- I was really taken off guard. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe you all weren't because you don't seem to uh but when he like dropped it i was like i don't know if i've ever heard that in a video game before i i feel
0: like you might be remembering a a rosier 2010 (laughs) than i am like that was it was pretty ubiquitous you know when i was going to school and i don't think i would have been surprised at that time to hear it i agree that i can't think of a ton of games yeah. that actively use it. I want to be clear. I'm, I'm
1: not praising the game for its use. I, I don't <laughs> right. think it was a brave stance of the game, but like it did happen, and I remember being like, "Oh shit! Wow. Okay." Yeah,
2: I think yeah, it's bad that it happens, but the weird thing about Glazer is I feel the whole the game is doing something, and then every time Glazer is, and he's like strutting in from 2002 in like a Danny Boyle movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, what I did think we, do I not think not like we it said all. Guy Ritchie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Guy Ritchie, <laughs> but
0: yeah that he's and it's it's weird you know it's the questioning kind of like is that intentional or not like is it supposed to feel like if you were in another video game you would be dealing a lot with him and instead because you're in kane and lynch 2 you're just these two fuck ups who are kind of like Mm -hmm.
1: bumbling in and out of his plans yeah he's definitely got a like gta quarter way through the campaign mpc quality you know what i'm (laughs) saying like like, he shows up early in the game, and you take missions from him, but then you have to kill him halfway through the game. Like, that's Glazer's whole thing. You forget, yeah, him yeah. By, the, you forget about him by the, the credits. Yeah,
2: The Guy Ritchie pointing is, like, perfect, because this game, if made by Guy Ritchie, it'd be, like, lock stock and two fucking idiots, because <laughs> you're just, like, stumbling your way through all of this. And, like, at the beginning of the game, it sort of, feel like it kind of feels like Glazer, sort of, the compass into, like... And doing what is right. Like, if you follow Glazer's orders, then maybe some good will come out of it. Come out of it. But when the double cross occurs, he, I mean, he's just treading water as much as everyone else is, like we have already said.
1: Yeah. Somehow in a game full of awful dudes, Glazer stands out to me as the worst. Like, everyone kind of sucks, but the first cutscene Glazer's in, he's just extra slimy when he's yeah. like, isn't this city great? You can get a massage and laid for, like two dollars and then later in the game he's like betraying you and saying all this I mean, awful I shit think, like yeah i think there's scum. a
0: really there's a really interesting i i i almost want to say like class based criticism here because i think that the other scummy guy is is we'll get there but like the ceo dude at the top of the tower you know and so yeah. like the fact that like it's like obviously kane and lynch are terrible they kill hundreds of people but you know the fact that like they both seem like products of their environment and meanwhile glazer and the other guy who i don't know his name like you know they seem like they are creating the environment and so that makes them more villainous is because they have some level of control and they're like perpetuating all the shit that you have to keep shooting through to
1: throw it back they're the uh they're the family max is a bodyguard for in max Payne 3 honestly you know <laughs> yeah, what i'm saying? totally i can't th- yeah. the oh, i can't think of their names not important the yeah. the uh Br-
0: Br-
2: Br- Braco? bronco family bronco
1: yeah that that's like exactly who they are now
2: that i think about it mm-hmm. i oh, think yeah. yeah like glazer's initial sort of, like, tirade in that car at the end of the game. I think that's generally, like, the closest this game gets to, like, doing anything with, um, colonialism. Because, like, in this game, you are two white bodies making your way and, like, destroying a non-white yeah. non-white spaces. And I think the, the game's purpose and overall project is not to, like, more so comment on anything, really. is more to sh- like show and leave it up to you to sort of tell and fill in the gaps. But I think that opening with Glacier is the closest it gets to being, having any sort of criticism in a in and you're right yeah and we yeah. we
0: talked about last week how how at least i wasn't sure if this game even had the language to do more with that yeah. that like I, I i don't love whenever a, a game is kind of like inherent inherently colonialist but but doesn't really interrogate it in any way mm-hmm. but it's hard to see other than that one monologue by glazer how they would have even approached it given given the language that this game is working in. Um, But I think it's a good good point. Blake, what
1: were you going to say? Oh, I mean, it wasn't a similar topic, but I did want to bring up after this Glazer level, there's a great conversation between Kane and Lynch where they apologize to each other. And I was, like, genuinely touched (laughs) by that moment. Like, things have gone so wrong. Mm -hmm. I think, like, they see this Glazer deal before everything hits the fan is like, their last-ditch effort to get whatever money they can and get out of Shanghai. And then it all goes wrong, and over the loading screen, they both are like, hey, man, sorry about all that. And it's very touching. And I then love, oh, sorry. It, it's juxtaposed in the very next level where Kane's like, I don't know where the fuck you're going. We can split up, but it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, whatever. That's like their relationship
2: in a nutshell, though.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh the but it stood out to me as a nice little moment between those characters. It was like I think in two games in 6 hours the only nice conversation I've ever heard those characters have was over that loading screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is uh again
0: we we touched on this before, but the the perfect uncomfortable writing of just two male coworkers who are not really emotionally invested in each other at all but like do are going through traumatic situations mm-hmm. with each other and so mm-hmm. it's like there there's like the the kind of like the burden of having to support each other where yeah. they're like we're just in this shit together and so i guess we have to talk to each other even though i don't like you and you don't like me yeah. and very like, similar yeah. very and, similar to something rotten
2: and <laughs> and even in that support mm-hmm. they lack the toolkit or words to even go about processing trauma together in any meaningful capacity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think the closest they get to, like, even commenting on each other's physical trauma is I think it's in the last mission when they talk about how their wounds are opening back up, the cuts are opening back up, which is is absolutely disgusting. So foul,
1: yes. Lynch Lynch says it at some point. It's, like, a throwaway line. He's like, yeah, my cuts are, like, coming open. I'm like, come on, dude. That is... (laughs) It is really... I kind of love that line because it's
0: again it's like it's this level of grossness that I feel like most games would not mm-hmm. deal with where you have you have like the one level where they're just flayed alive mm-hmm. and and then it seems like they're fine because they're both wearing like like a hoodie and kind of like a long sleeve <laughs> shirt and so then them reminding you that yeah. like, like i'm probably i probably can't take off this hoodie now because it's mm-hmm. just like stuck to my skin <laughs> it's like
1: it's it's just this level of like Ugh, and that this- I, I rarely feel and this game like dances that line with that level of grossness in Mm -hmm. weird ways and like some ways it does it really good like the whole flayed dudes naked and bloody running around like that's gross but it's good and then you have like (laughs) glazer dropping awful awful words Mm -hmm. and saying stuff and it's like i I think this is being gross for the sake of edginess rather than like working for the game like some of like a lot of the grossness just with Kane and Lynch as characters that I think does work and is good
2: yeah I think speaking on the game's violence there's like a directness to it that is not felt in a lot of other games Like, I played, when I was replaying this, I replayed it around the same time I I replayed Spec Ops the line, and when you shoot enemies in Spec Ops the line, their heads pop like watermelons and stuff, so there's that...
0: And you get, like, a second of slow motion. Yeah, and while
2: it's it's graphic, there is that disconnect that still a game, but in Cannon Lynch, when, like, bullets rip through bodies, they sort of just kind of sit and fall over and slump in ways, and if you get a headshot, like, like, it gets, like, blurred out and pixelated, and in a sense, like, we know what's happening behind that blur because we're, we're so used to seeing footage like that on the news or something. Lively. I'm
0: glad I'm glad you brought up uh, Spec Ops because I was thinking about it. I mean, specifically that helicopter level is mm-hmm. very similar to like a lot of games have helicopter turret sections, but but this one and the Spec Ops one are pretty close to each other. Um, and I think this one's much better uh, yeah. for for many reasons, like both the kind of like the destruction that it feels like you're dealing out, and the fact that then you go into the place that you shot is so much more interesting than being in a place and then shooting it, I think, which is like spec ops, you play through a level and then you shoot it from the air. And in in uh, Kane and Lynch, you shoot it from the air and then you walk through it. And it's mm-hmm. like inherently dealing with the consequences in a kind of a different way.
2: Yeah, and I love seeing how Kane and Lynch get into that wrecked building because as the helicopter's crashing, you're expecting them to do some sort of like nathan drake jump to safety but and they jump out it's the most like broke ass like a limp leap possible and it just like it's just it's just perfect yeah yeah so we've we've skipped ahead a little
0: bit there's a there's a level in a train yard this is probably where you were talking about the like weird stealth sections mm-hmm. um, exactly I kind of like this level but I'm not sure why. Like it's it's so gray. I'm looking at screenshots of it now and it's like the grayest the game ever mm-hmm. is and it's just kind of
2: shooting guys but it I don't know what what's evocative about this level? Why do we both like it? I think when you're looking when you look at this level especially in how gray it is if you like pan the camera up you see those big um cranes like that carry the like shipping cargo containers and stuff, and there's a sense of like you're very small and like you're just like kind of weaseling your way through these very like labyrinthine corridors. But I think what makes this level so interesting to me is the encounter design because there's a moment in this level where I just gotten through a big firefight and I sort of was rounding around this train, and all of a sudden ten people come out of nowhere and like open fire. on I me. And there's a sense of like me fumbling my way into an engagement and I did not expect that I don't I haven't really felt in the game like a sense of like immediate anxiety. That felt very, like, very pointed and deliberate. Yeah, Blake,
0: how did you, how, how did you feel about this level?
1: I I mean I I don't know if it's like I have much to say about it. I think in general I like a lot of levels. this This game shows a lot of places that like usually games wouldn't. Like we brought up mm-hmm. Uncharted earlier, and you would never fight through like. A shitty restaurant's kitchen and uncharted <laughs> you know what i'm saying and kane and lynch isn't the only one to do something like that but there's a lot of levels where i play through and i'm like oh this is an interesting look at this space like um like in the the airport level you go yeah. through the behind the scenes of the baggage claim which yes, coincidentally Mac, max Payne 3 did as well which we uh, do max Payne came out one. after this so i think yeah. we can, yeah, we can yeah, say yeah plagiarism on rockstar's <laughs> part really there we go so like I I think I just have similar thoughts with all the levels um, where I play through it and I'm like, this is a different way to look at this space than other games would. You know what I'm saying? Um, And the train yard, like, I don't know, in a different game, you'd probably be dodging in oncoming trains and it'd be really dumb (laughs) and annoying. And in this one, it's just like this shitty space that like you have to fight your way through. Like, I don't know. I like the way the game looks at its levels (laughs) a lot.
2: I think that also extends to how the game hears these spaces and how you hear these spaces through, like, strictly diegetic sound. And sometimes it's, like, shitty, like, pop music coming through bad speakers in a restaurant yeah. where it's absolutely nothing. And, like, the like the din hum of, like, a city happening around you in, like, the train yard sequence.
1: Yeah, and, like, that that building that gets blown out. A different game, there would be a lot of wind sound. <laughs> but it's, like, really but- quiet well in this one it's like deafening when you're in that building and the windows are shot out like after the helicopter flies through it like eat like eat what's the word i'm looking for like Howling. instead of just there being some like ambient wind like mm-hmm. it is almost obnoxious how loud it is yeah. and like it sounds like it's going through a shitty little pop mic on a camcorder <laughs> like yes it, and i thought that was such a brilliant touch like i think in terms of the visuals and the audio like this game really tries to look at its level design in really interesting ways
2: yeah it, like all of the audio reminds me of being in film school and using like really shitty cameras rented from the library to try and like capture audio and then like a, a bus goes by and then the audio just gets blown out sure, like every yeah. every gun every gunshot sounds like it's peaking the camera's audio equipment
1: one thing i liked in the train yard level with the audio is like there was no music for me mm-hmm. it just if there was no guns, it got quiet, and then when there was a fight, there was no like there was no dramatic music to make me like really feel the moment it was just like the sounds of dudes dying around me like I really enjoyed that lack of i guess lack of sound in a way mm-hmm. yeah
0: it's it's interesting if you have uh, ever listened to this game's soundtrack on YouTube as I have all of the <laughs> levels are are they're just called like you know level one airstrike or whatever and and it's like they'll start with this you know kind of pop music because there's like there's at least one in every level and they're actually they're like more than 20 original kind Mm -hmm. of like diegetic sounding songs written for this game which is this really fascinating in its own right but it's like all of those songs will just fade into the grossest soundscape you can imagine. That's just like, like listening to it on its own is really kind of, it's fascinating to think of someone just making it because it's like, like squeaking air conditioners and, and like all of this stuff. And it's, it's a really rich soundscape and Mm -hmm. it sucks, you know, like I would (laughs) never listen to it to relax, but it is really intricate and each level even though they're all similar levels of just, like, background noise, the noises are very different, and it's clear that they put a lot of thought into, like, this is what a restaurant sounds like, and it's very different from what a train yard sounds like. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I just think it's really neat.
1: There was, in the airport, I kept, I'm still not sure if this was the song or just a looping sound effect, but there was the sound of landing planes, and there was almost a melody to it and I couldn't figure out if I was like did whoever, I, I'm not sure who did the sound, uh, the original soundtrack to this but I was like did they sample and alter the sound of landing planes or is that just a looping sound effect and like I'm hearing something that mm-hmm. isn't supposed to be there but like either way it was super super cool and I was like getting really into it but I can't say for sure if it yeah. was a song or not and I yeah think,
2: I mean, go ahead I think, I, just, I think the airport segment is interesting when comparing it to Max Payne 3 because as Cain Lynch Two enters, like it's sort of crescendo as you're like making your way to the plane. You you expect like a health like song, like a Max Payne Three to kick in, but oh, it, yeah. it just doesn't happen. You're not afforded that sense of like elation.
0: I was I was yeah. about to make that exact same point. I'm so glad that you brought it up. <laughs> that that talking about you know the the Broncos and Max Payne is another good example of like Payne tells you exactly what it's doing at all times you know like if a character is like rich and corrupt then max is like they were as rich as they were corrupt like (laughs) and and you know the the health song is another one where it's like the lyrics are are so on the nose Mm -hmm. and and the song kicks ass like i don't want to don't want this to sound like i'm criticizing it but like it's it's so direct with you and like this is how you should feel right now and Kane and Lynch, by contrast, really doesn't tell you much of anything and, and just kind of leaves you in these, like, bad situations with these dudes and is kind of like, okay, you figure out, like, what's going on here. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. do these guys just suck? Is there a deeper meaning? Are, are Are we supposed to be taking something from their struggle? And the fact that it doesn't give you any of those answers – but unlike the first one, it feels like it might have them is Mm -hmm. is what's interesting. Because the first one, it feels like there's nothing below the surface. But here, (laughs) I think there is something going on.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like, where Max Payne 3 feels like a gritty analog to, like, the new Hollywood movement, um, Cain Lynch 2 definitely feels like something that would come out of French cinema in, like, the mid-70s or German cinema in, like, the late 60s, where it's being this very grimy and abrasive, like, (laughs) piece of work but it doesn't it's not telling you why it's grimy or abrasive is leaving that up to you to fill in as to why it's this got, like piece of art exists
1: it's got some like dogma 95 shit to it i know that's not exactly <laughs> what you were talking about but like it definitely has that kind of like <laughs> shitty for the sake of shitty sake to it that i mm-hmm. think like works when done well and i think this game is super super done well mm-hmm. um
0: definitely. so so after after the train yard uh you are Taken hostage? Is that right? You get into the helicopters somehow, like not of your yeah. own volition.
2: Yeah. I was, I was just say there's a moment when you take in a helicopter where one of the like army men or government agents smacks the camera down. Which so is good. a choice that super stuck out to me. So good.
1: Yeah. That that I, be. It's interesting because it implies that there's a third character yeah. there. There's, but just some, they, there's, just,
2: like, there's just some like poor warner herzog like documentarian is yeah. roped into this house. we will
0: talk about this more at the end also because there are some crazy choices with like the last <laughs> couple seconds of this game yeah but yeah i, I love yes. in the helicopter the way the camera feels like the guy's like being thrown around in yes, the back
2: when the camera or when the helicopter crashes you expect a game to showcase this act of like incredible violence to portray it as something very like cinematic maybe the camera pans out to a big wide shot of this helicopter spinning but it's just the camera's just in, a, in the helicopter like bouncing around like a like a pinball it's just it's hilarious how like on like, like anti-cinema it is like nothing's blocked things just occur and the camera tries I, just yeah. like, keep up with it
1: i like that there's a guy smoking in the helicopter <laughs> and so he has the helicopter door open and so it's like a tiny thing he just needs to open it so he can smoke a cigarette, and that ends up being his undoing because him and his friend are thrown out of an open door out of a helicopter. I thought yeah, was a there's
0: touch. there's kind of a cute little nod that like Kane and Lynch give to each other where it's like, yeah, we're kicking these fuckers out. <laughs> you know, they don't
1: it's, they don't come up with to... much of a plan, but like they figure that one out. It's time to murder, bro. Let's get back to yeah. it. I
2: also love one how... one thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say is does Kane take over to fly the helicopter? Is, it, is Are the bad guys just continuing to fly in circles? That's around a this, great question. <laughs> yeah, so
1: at first, Kane holds the pilot at gunpoint, and then I could never figure out if the pilot is just on your side or trying to get you murdered by all the people shooting back at you. <laughs> I think there's no answer. The game just needed you to kill a bunch of people, and so it flew the helicopter around the building, and it yeah. works out, but like, I was like, Whose side is this pilot on at this point? Yeah, presumably,
0: especially in co-op, like Kane would also be shooting out the window with a big yeah. gun, and so yeah, he's just <laughs> he just tells the pilot like, "Hey, just let us kill as many people as possible."
1: Yeah, all your friends down there just fly in a circle around <laughs> them. Okay,
2: cool. And like Kane and Lynch can't be like, "If you fly this up there, we'll pay you," because they have nothing to offer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> truly nothing to offer. So so then there is this crash. You have you have just a few moments on the roof of this skyscraper and I love it so much. I think mm-hmm. it is so cool up there, both because of the soundscape and just I mean like the the visual shittiness of this game is just taken to like the utmost degree here where you can't even see like let alone like a sky it's like you can't even see if it's, like, cloudy or if your camera is just kind of, like, blown out. And there's this, like, this, this like, line on the horizon that's just, like, a really bright light of something that's just, like, lens flaring into your camera so hard. And it's, like, I I love that it basically doesn't let you look at the city. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, we know what you want to do. You want to get up here and have a big... Again, uncharted ass like you know view of everything. And it's like no, everything's gray and sucks, and you almost can't even look at it.
2: Yeah, and it's like Canon Lynch's whole existence is so tied to the c- like to to the cement and to like the underbelly of city and like of like the world itself. Like they are not like bodies and beings who like live by daylight and by like going to like their local diner for yeah. a cup of coffee. So why why give them any reason to have a quiet moment with a nice view when they had like their exist their mere existence is wholly against anything. Yeah. Like beautiful. and even
1: if they had that view, like they wouldn't take the moment, you know? Like Yeah. Like
2: came 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 sit might with stop. their arm around each other. <laughs> came might stop yeah. and be like, "My daughter." And I you be like, "Come on." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um yeah, so then uh so then you go into the building. Uh and and the building is the place that you just shot up. And so I I mean, I guess first you're in kind of you're in these kind of like back rooms, you're on catwalks and whatever. It's not Mm -hmm. super memorable, but but like what I talked about in my video, which I I, I'm going to repeat here because I think it's a pretty good point is like, you know, the idea of this would be um, you made it out of the gross, ugly parts of the city and now you're in the towers and it's like you know, luxurious, and you're like, oh, here's how, like, the rich people live, but you don't get to do that because you already blew the crap out of it before you even walked in, and so mm-hmm. this place that, like, maybe you looked at earlier in the game, and were like, people live nice up there, you get up there, and it's just as shitty as everywhere else you've been.
2: Yeah. And, like, even the moments where the inside that building is cool, like, there's a shootout in what seems like a historic, like, gallery, like the rich. Ritz- the rich guy right. there has all this, like, old armor and stuff behind glass, and you just shoot it up. There's no thinking twice about that. Yeah. Like, it, it just be, like, maybe this expensive piece of history will just become cover.
1: More games need shootouts in cubicle farms. Absolutely. It was great in Max Payne 3. It's really good. It's yeah. great in Kane and Lynch too. It's just, just the it, best.
2: Just the way everything blows apart, just throughout this game, yeah. but especially in these moments, is good. And, like, for anyone who's worked in a cub- cubicle, it's very cathartic to see, like, a really shitty, like, <laughs> computer just blow apart. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: really like fighting through this building. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of different interiors. Like you go through like offices and galleries, but also kitchens and closets. Like it's a, it's an awesome level. Like each, each floor. Cause you're go- You probably go up like five, six floors in this thing is like super, super interesting to look at and always diverse.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it's really, it's kind of weird that this game is as short as it is isn't it? Because I feel like you go to a lot of locations and you you spend a decent amount of time there and yet it's still only a 3 hour game. And so it makes me wonder like what if this game was going to be like 8 hours long, would they have just made every level longer and mm-hmm. and I think inevitably that probably would have like sapped the energy from mm-hmm. it. But it's just it's interesting that I feel like this has as much level design as as you know what we would think of as like a more uh i hate even using this phrase but like bang for your buck game where you know you get a a, a nice long campaign mm-hmm. um and instead it's this just kind of radically short romp <laughs> through all these places
2: yeah
1: yeah I think, I think if good,
2: I, I, I think like the pro like this game being three hours is Probably one of the best things going for it because I'm not sure I'd want to spend eight hours in doing what this game is. Doing. I totally agree. That's
1: yeah. exactly what I was about to say. Is like this game sucks if it's any longer. Like, <laughs> this game is paced very well mm-hmm. and fits a ton into three hours. Both like in terms of the levels and just the story. Like a shit ton happens. Yeah, it it's makes like use of those loading screens yeah exactly like and and it's honestly a wonder it can make it work within three hours like Mm -hmm. i feel like i don't know a a different game would have to be eight hours just to fit what kane and lynch 2 does but like the pacing of this game is great more games should try to be this short (laughs)
0: yeah it would it would be cool it doesn't seem like it's happening but (laughs) yeah i would i would like it um there's let's see there's one room that i really like in the tower which is the place that the helicopter crashed into that also has these just like giant red curtains that are now like blowing Mm -hmm. through the room because all the windows are broken that's Uh, just awesome
1: that's the what i was talking about with that like the wind coming in that building being overwhelming that's the first uh part of that level that does it and it's amazing
2: is that the same room where like the like garbed in black spec ops people like come in through the windows or is that different? They, thing, so? they
0: do that in several rooms, I think, but yeah, I, I'm sure they do that. They, they kind of repel yeah. in, which seems, uh, wildly Wait. prepared for a situation
1: <laughs> like this, but
2: I, you know, I, I, sure. I, I love their existence in this game.
1: I didn't notice them do that. I don't know. I never <laughs> saw that happen. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on at any given moment, but I never like noticed them repel in. That's mm-hmm. interesting.
2: Hmm.
0: What I do think is is interesting and, and I, I think does kind of, if we want to do a class reading on this, you know, it's interesting that these are clearly not the police, you know, that these are like mm-hmm. a hired army that this tower has just because the dude at the top has so much money that he can yeah. afford his own army. And mm-hmm. the fact that they're better kitted out than, you know, anyone else you've been fighting in the game just kind of speaks to the level of power and and
1: armament that he has control of.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it also, like... It, at a point near the end of this game, I was like, all right, how are these two dudes doing this? Like, these are some goddamn... Commandos coming for me, but that, I guess that's an issue with every video game. But at a point, I'm like, the whole point of this game is how stupid these two guys are, and I'm taking yeah. out an actual army. Yeah. I was like, all right, come on. And then, like,
2: also, I guess we're just in conversation with Max Payne three, but the same critique can be laid bare. Yeah, Max but Payne's I mean. Feet.
1: He but, at least yeah. has like powers and shit. Like he can <laughs> slow down time. Like like the understanding when you play Max Payne is like he has a grasp of his surroundings that others just don't. Max is just As- slamming Oxy and it gives him superpowers. <laughs> yeah, like, the point of this game is these two dudes suck at everything they do. Mm-hmm. So the Ludo yeah. narrative dicks. I mean if everything you Yeah, fuck off
2: boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, like they even suck at being taped out. Like in that last mission, you start with a suppressed pistol, but you have like maybe one clip for it. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> by the end, like when they're throwing all those dudes at you, I was like, this is cum-. like these dudes are probably asleep 13 hours a day, most days. So just like go to their house and shoot them like, <laughs> yeah. all this. How did you lose an entire army in a skyscraper to these fucking morons? <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the end of
0: this level is one of my favorite cutscenes in the game. And maybe it's just mm-hmm. because I was editing around it, and so I watched it a lot. Um, but what happens is you get up to the top. You're in this room that is destroyed like everything else, but it's a conference room. And this, this CEO dude, who's also... He's also, like, the kind of head of the Yakuza and everything. Like, is this just, like, the guy? Yeah, it's yeah, shanks like the
2: crime lord. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So, but he's, you know he's in a suit he's doing fine like he could just be any ceo basically um and and there's like a big screen doing like a screensaver behind him and kane you know the guy's like hey come on gentlemen we can deal and kane is kind of into it and then from off screen He gets shot in the chest, and the camera whips around, and it's just Lynch, like, holding his big smoking gun, having just shot him. And it's so cool. Like, I just love that moment.
2: And it's, like, one of the few moments in that game where it ties itself to the first game's portrayal of these characters of Lynch being more unhinged, so to speak, of him a yeah, lot mean, more rash in his decision making.
0: I I kinda think Lynch is right here. You know, it's like unlike the first game where he's just like randomly shooting civilians, yeah. like I'm kinda with him. Just like, yeah. yeah,
2: fuck this guy. Like Kane sees this man as a way out, but they've they've gone so deep that there is no way out. And I think that's how Lynch sees it. So he's like they we're not we're probably not gonna survive this, so we might as well just go all the way in. Yeah. Also, also... this
0: guy is you know, indirectly responsible for the death of his uh, wife girlfriend
1: you know yeah. whoever
2: i need to see you i <laughs> really i
1: love when movies and games make deaths unceremonious like most big yeah. deaths in any piece of media are in slow motion and super dramatic but like there's like a great one in um I think it's Spring Breakers where James Franco's character is just, like, <laughs> he's, like, alive one second, then dead the next, and they never really reflect yeah, on it. And he's, like,
2: hyping up, walking down this, like, yeah, boardwalk, and it gets like exactly. dropped immediately.
1: And I think, like, doesn't Josh Brolin's character, No Country for Old Men, get yeah, killed just, off just, screen? Yeah, he just
2: sprawled out in the motel room.
1: And so, like, a different game, this would be a big moment. Where or like player we, choice. Exactly, or, like, where Lynch loses it or has the the moment to walk away and have mercy and instead it's Which just like no the, the first fu-. game did also yeah. the first game had sure. a bullshit end choice the, but like this moment is just like he's just dead and that's how like like he's he's not he's revenge for Lynch but like their life is gonna go on you know it's not like Kane's daughter being shot in front of him mm-hmm. they're like okay we did what we came to do like I really love that this moment is not a huge spectacle.
0: I okay. also I I truly hate in games where you kill a thousand dudes to get to the guy you've been trying to kill and then they're like i don't know is killing bad (laughs) and and so (laughs) you know for i think it really just makes sense within within like the world that lynch exists in to be like why are we even thinking about not killing this guy Mm -hmm. like this is the
1: entire reason we're here and we just killed an army we're
0: gonna do the thing that we came here
1: to do having just lived through the last of us part two discourse a game I think is pretty good I enjoyed just fine um I am glad this game did not ask me whether or not violence is good or bad I'm like <laughs> I like that this game's stance is actually kind of violence is all right sometimes <laughs> like well, it's cool like sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do um I'm, I'm yeah. glad there was no like moral conundrum to this game around its violence
2: yeah and I think I think through the game's mechanics and like the doing of the violence, I think it, I think it does say that violence is like an inherently like disgusting, horrible thing. Sure, yeah, yeah, and like I think one of the best, like most, I guess not subtle, but one, like, it does it never points to it, but it, if you accidentally shoot a civilian in a shootout, the hit markers that hit that are on the enemies are on the civilians as well. Like Cannon lynch don't, they don't differentiate. It's just people in the yeah, world. yeah. Guys? I guess what. I
1: I guess what I should have said is this game isn't trying to like guilt the player into feeling yeah, like bad. It's not it's trying to like violence.
2: violence. And also,
0: yeah, it doesn't it doesn't imply that Kane or Lynch are going to change their minds. You know that you, the player, can end this feeling some sort of way about all the meaningless violence that's been committed, but it would be totally out of character for them to be like. Oh, I'm feeling a lot of heartache
1: over this one. Like, they just wouldn't. That's just not, you know, who they are. One of this game's strengths is its narrative consistency. And I think a lot of that comes down to its length. Like, most games are just too long that they get top-heavy. And Mm -hmm. so, inevitably, there's a section, usually towards the end, where things fall apart. And it doesn't even make sense for the character anymore. Like, three hours, like, this game has a good grasp on who these people are and what it wants to do with its themes.
2: Mm-hmm. And, like, back to what I was saying like, at the start of the show, it's just so weird to see a AAA game be this earnest and direct in what it's doing. Like, there's no hemming yeah. and hawing. It's, like, just does its thing and gets out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's here's a question. Is it possible that the, uh, the, the narrative viewpoint shifts to Kane because of Lynch kind of acting
2: autonomously by killing this dude? Yeah, I think... And killing him, I think I think that is Lynch's ending to this game. His story is done. Like, he got his revenge. Sure. Maybe he doesn't care about getting out, but Kane still kind of wants to get out. So I think you taking over, it might be seeing a different story to completion, which is Kane's. Yeah, so
0: so escape. just to to be clear, the, the next level is then you are, as Blake said at the beginning, you're going through an airport, just like <laughs> you did in Max Payne 3. And uh, you didn't quite go through an airport in Kane and Lynch 1, but you did shoot an airplane, so that's pretty close. Um... And, and Lynch is still there, but you are playing as Kane mm-hmm. through the whole thing. And it's... Yeah, I'm trying to think if I even... I'm sure I clocked that when I first played through, but I don't know what I thought of it. Or maybe I was just kind of so on the game's roller coaster at that point that I was just yeah. like rolling with everything it threw at me.
2: Yeah, like when I replayed it a week or two, or I guess when I, before I wrote my piece when it switched to Kane, I didn't think critically about it, which is weird in the retrospect that a sort of big jump like that, you think you maybe stop for a second and be like, "Hmm, what is the game doing with this? I didn't
1: even, it didn't even register to me for like the first 10 minutes of the level. Like (laughs) it took me like like 10 minutes into the level. I was like, oh shit, I'm a totally different person right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, so you go through, um, you start kind of, I like the, the, the slightly different path this takes through an airport because you kind of start... Max,
1: d- dumb old Max,
0: just <laughs> walks through the, that, like,
1: front terminal. <laughs> and, in a game of, of dumb decisions, that is one of the dumbest moments of Max Payne 3. <laughs> and he, just does, he does point
0: it out where he's like, why did I do
1: this? <laughs> How the fuck... I mean, there is some... There is some... Uh, mental gymnastics going on for me to imagine that Kane and Lynch could infiltrate an airport the way they do, but it's uh, they're still more intelligent than Max Payne to yeah, walk exactly. through the front yeah. fucking door. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, so lo- you're yeah you're kind of was, running yeah. over like the the outsides of the airfield here, and you have these kind of like weirdly big open spaces for this it's game. Be- that's, it's like
2: weirdly beautiful, like when the plane's yeah. landing and it. I mean, where Cain Lynch 1 is, like, the shittiest version of Heat imaginable, this moment, this, like, opening moment channels the the very end of Heat. Yeah. At least visually.
0: Yeah, and I I just, it's like, there are so many, the kind of, like, the the aesthetic of this game is just so interesting. Like, it does, it does light pollution, you know, in a way Mm -hmm. that I feel like I haven't really seen before, where it's just, like, it's night, and it's bright enough And it's not bright because, like, the slider has been turned up artificial. I mean, like, it probably has, you know, in reality. But, like, what it feels like is you're just in one of these massive cities where it's, like, there is no true darkness ever because there are just, like, a million gross fluorescent lights all over the place. Yeah, the
2: people who made this definitely watched Collateral before making this game.
0: Um, and, and then you, you go through the airplane hangar, there's kind of a funny part where there's, like, you enter this place where there's an airplane wing that just has every gun you've ever used in the game, and you can choose, (laughs) like which really? one do you want yeah i'm looking at like pictures of a walkthrough of it now and i'm, I'm remembering it's like oh you want the lmg and the shotgun go ahead kid like i was wondering
1: I where the fuck lynch got an lmg from in that
2: level i think and every time i've played this game i've just ran right past that because i don't remember the, the smorgasbord of fire items. i had
1: no clue wow
2: that's awesome
0: <laughs> yeah um so so you're kind of you're going through yeah it feels like it is this this interesting reminder of we we talked about the uh the city turned inside out in mm-hmm. the first one that that you don't see the places everyone else sees you see the the part behind them mm-hmm. and it is kind of a cool reminder here of like as massive as airports seem to us when we are going through them we're probably not even seeing 15% of it you know and there're like so many rooms and and just like hallways and and hangers and stuff that we never even encounter and you're walking through all of those and they're not pretty but they are interesting just in the way that like walking in those tunnels under disney world is interesting you know
1: yeah yeah i mean it's like what we were talking about earlier like this game looking at a space in a different way than another game you mm-hmm. know like a, an Uncharted, you'd just be blowing planes out of the sky. And this game is like, what if we led you through the grossest, most unappealing parts of this structure?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um. And so then eventually you get into the baggage claim, and then you get outside, and and there's just this kind of wild sprint to a plane taking off, and and the last cutscene of this game is is just, I. <laughs>
2: I love it. I love the way this game ends. Yeah,
0: so so it's, you know, like, Kane and Lynch running up the, the stairway to this plane, like an enormous plane, like a 747 or something. It's got, like, two mm-hmm. la- layers of windows that's taking off. Kane literally firing his gun out the open door, and then, like, the plane takes off, and you, the camera person, are still on the ground... And then the camera just like falls over, and that's the end of the game, and it just smashes to credits.
2: <laughs> it's it's a it's it's a hard cut you rarely even see in cinema. The way that like sound and visuals cut immediately, it's it was, it's so jarring, and the way it's used is, like, I think it's fantastic.
1: It's it's so I mean it's so it's a like confident, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but then also like, what the fuck else is it gonna do? Is it gonna have some off in the sunset moment like Max Payne three? You know yeah. what I'm saying, like. <laughs> like it works because these dudes are just gonna go be miserable somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. I like that it doesn't want to linger on that. I mean they're gonna be miserable on that plane.
0: Like yeah. you think that <laughs> yeah. they're gonna like like finish firing their gun and then just like be seated and drink an orange yeah. juice. They're like be seated.
2: Shame. Their you know they're probably still opening.
0: I love I love that there's there's no attempt to make a conclusion to like an arc you know that their arc was probably like trying to do trying to be people that they were not Mm -hmm. learning that they couldn't dealing with the consequences and and getting the fuck out of china and like that's what they do at the end of the game but it's yeah they they don't drink a a soda that is not a beer and then walk (laughs) into the sunset because they haven't
1: they haven't earned an ending, you know? Yeah. And ostensibly, this isn't their ending. Like, you know, Kane and Lynch are going to go have to do more fucked up shit. They're not yeah. going to go be desk workers after this, you know? <laughs> like, like Max somehow earned his ending, even though he also killed an entire country he didn't live in. But, like, these dudes have to just keep doing this shit. Like, mm-hmm. like there's another universe where Kane and Lynch 3 came out and it was like more the same shit you know and that probably would have been fine to play but yeah they I don't think this is necessarily an ending
0: Mm -hmm. my question is could they even it's like Kane and Lynch 1 a nothing game Kane and Lynch 2 they really found themselves and and even you know the the game certainly has like mixed reviews but it like it is what it is and it's not trying to be something th- other than what it achieved definitely could they even do this trick again like it does a canon lynch 3 that just uses the same aesthetics as canon lynch 2 even work
2: i think in a sense it could i, I made a joke about it the other day saying in a, in a different world where the people who made hitman made this game there's an extra ending to this game where the handheld camera cuts into like a bathroom and it shows Lynch shaving his head and then there's a barcode behind his head and then it cuts to black. <laughs> but I think, amazing. I think the aesthetics of this game, I think you could pair them to almost any city and you could yeah. probably mind something interesting out of it. Like I would love to see like this set in like a nighttime LA or a Miami or something.
1: But also like this game is shackled to 2010 technology. If they did yeah. Kane and Lynch three in 2020, like. How would they adapt to that style with iPhones or something? Like, do you yeah. play this game vertically? You know what I'm saying? Like it's shot that way. It's, like, it's
0: actually <laughs> on a TikTok. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on. I, it's on. Quiggy. Honestly,
1: I I'm trying like the the vertical the vertical camera thing was a joke, but now that I'm thinking about it, like that would be pretty cool. But like, I I think they could, but it would have to change. Like, it wouldn't make sense. If they put this game out now and it's like, oh, you're playing on a camcorder now. Like, they would right. adapt the technology in some way. And yeah. I think, like, the ways they made 2010 technology super interesting oh, yeah. as a game, you would like to think if they did a sequel now, they would find a way to make iPhone cameras mm-hmm. or whatever they chose to adopt, like, interesting aesthetically.
2: But also in, like, a post-Last of Us 2 discussion of violence, does do we object not objectively do we genuinely need a game like canalan 2 as seen through the technology and graphical fidelity of what we have now mm. like do we need do we need sure. to see I, that?
0: I mean I the think thing... what's what's interesting about why I think this game works so well visually even now 10 years after it was released is it's doing that thing where it obscures enough details that you're filling them in. Well, yeah, the, in yeah, the yeah. same way that when you watch a video in 240p, you still, you know, know what it looks like, basically, because you can fill in the details themselves. And so I'm I'm wondering how they could do that same kind of obscuring, because I think that's really key to this game's aesthetic. It's not just that it's handheld, but that it's like, mm. that, it, that it's kind of making the world inaccessible to you visually in a way that then you have to fill in Mm -hmm. but you're right blake in that like i can film in 4k on my phone so like what do you what do you do to make it that you know is it is it played what if it was like fixed camera angle like resident evil and it was all like security (laughs) cam footage like I, i don't know i don't know how you do it but it's a it's a really interesting challenge that i think they would have to come up with because they couldn't go back to not this right like this is
2: the game now you just do a prequel set in the 90s with a vhs camera maybe
1: i mean maybe that is what you do i so i think this is getting away from the point a little bit but i was thinking about this like this game i don't know exactly how it did commercially clearly not enough (laughs) to like like spearhead the, the third game Um, Because this game was never going to sell that great. Like, Mm -hmm. I think this game is awesome. It was never going to fucking be Halo. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's obvious (laughs) looking at it. Um, And I keep wrestling with... And because it didn't sell gangbusters, no one else really adopted this game's look and style. And I keep, like, wrestling with whether or not that sucks, that there aren't more games like this, Mm -hmm. or if it's cool that it's just this weird fucking enigma out there, this strange game that kind of exists on its own, you know? I And I don't know where I fall exactly on that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about, like, there, there are certainly games that have inspired this in some way. I was actually watching... Shoot, what was it? I was watching a talk, like, two days ago where they had Kane and Lynch too as, like, one of the things that inspired the game. And I, and I can't think of what it is. So clearly it's, like, there are people yeah. who have taken stuff from this. But, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. not. In the same way that, like, the way The Last of Us looks is now the way that half of Sony, you know, first-party <laughs> or second-party games look. You know, no one has kind of yeah. taken this style nearly as directly. Um, I guess...
1: I guess, sorry, just to like correct yeah. myself, there is like one slight analog you could draw, which would be Manhunt, which came before, so I guess maybe that's more influencing mm-hmm. this. But I, I, those three games, I guess, exist in a vacuum. Anyway, as we were.
0: Yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, like, I agree. I think we're all on the team. Like, this game is pretty freaking cool. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and it, it's, I think one of the cool things about it is how standalone it is. And if they made a bunch of sequels that drove this idea into the ground, I think it would be harder to even go back to this one and appreciate what it's doing.
2: I think yeah. The, yeah, I think the moment you dilute what Kane and Lynch 2 is doing, it just as a whole becomes a completely un- like, uninteresting experience.
1: Well, I guess the, what I was more thinking about wasn't necessarily Kane and Lynch 3 or 4. Is like, what if this game came out sold fucking amazingly so other developers and other publishers wanted to try something similar like that also never really happened you <laughs> maybe, know like,
2: maybe we get an honest call of duty I'll tell sure. you
0: I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I would like to see from this game is just people caring about the, thinking about the camera in a way other than the incredibly smooth again last of us god of war type things i mean it's like like something that drives me crazy that i've talked about before is like how much how much like precedence was put on god of war's camera in the marketing campaign and how 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 both that wasn't even a true claim because you have fucking loot that you have to pause the game constantly Mm -hmm. to look at but even when it is there's not really anything to it other than, you know, it, it it feels like a continuous journey or whatever, but it just feels like they thought a wonder was cool and so they did this. And yeah. and instead having games that are as dynamic and draw as much attention to the camera as Kane and Lynch 2 does, I think is really fascinating. And if more games just kind of thought more actively about like what's going on with our camera like who's holding mm-hmm. it? It, it the yeah. only other one actually i saw you were tweeting about this the other day cole uh the wolfenstein games not when you're playing them because they're first person but like yeah the 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 cut scenes to wolfenstein have unbelievable cinematography and it stands <laughs> out so much and you realize that you see so few games that actually care about cinematography in that way yeah
1: yeah I guess one other to throw in there is been playing Arkham City recently and the camera work in that thing is, like, I think, impeccable.
0: I think the camera in Arkham Knight does That's, everything sorry. that God of War wanted to do, like, yeah. ten times yeah. better.
1: <laughs> I said Arkham City. I actually meant Arkham Knight. Okay, yeah, I've been d- playing that, in, and the I'm camera the cam- is amazing. Yeah,
2: I'm in the camp of thinking Arkham Knight is might be the best Arkham game, personally. But I guess speaking, I think, I wrote about this in my piece, but I think what this game does in three hours from a the formal perspective of adopting like the cinematic apparatus I think it does more in those 3 hours that all of like the Sony first party this-gen games like combined like the 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 Warner and God of War formally speaking is a not is not an interesting Wander it's just a Wander for the sake of being a Wander like there's no yeah, like, thematic ca- reason
1: Cam for it. camera in games is one of those things that like lives by the law of like, if it's done right, you don't notice it. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. talk about cameras in games usually, as you people usually only talk about a camera in a game if it's bad, if it sucks to control. It's rare to have a conversation about the way the camera functions to tell the story in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess God of War is an yeah, example. and I do. I do want to say
0: of like you know to to God of War's credit, I think it's cool that they realize that could be a selling point. You know, and and yeah. the fact that they like talked about that is neat. I just think that uh, yeah, it doesn't really do anything interesting. But yes, I agree like that most times, you know, and most games have gotten pretty good at cameras. And so while we yeah. used to complain about like god, you can't even see Crash Bandicoot or whatever. Now it's like it's just not talked about at all because they're all just these free floating 3D cameras that do whatever you and, need them to.
1: And that shit sucks because Cutscenes are all mo-capped and they're filmed with cameras. They use different lenses. Like yeah. cinematography is considered in some capacity with any AAA story-based game now, but it's rare to see one do something interesting because usually games are just trying to ape whatever looks good in a movie and the outcome of that seems to be just kind of boring shots. Like it's yeah. ra- it's rare to have a conversation and be like that shot in that game was incredible you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying unless you're like doing it yourself looking at a vista (laughs) and ghost of tsushima or whatever the fuck
2: and i think even beyond like cinematography and games like what makes the wolfenstein cutscene stand for me is how like well and purposeful the edits are in those cutscenes yeah Yeah. like there are splices there are like pans there are hard cuts there are soft cuts there are transitions in a way that you don't see in a lot of like most games have a cutscene that it might not even be cut, you might just be seeing it from one, one perspective and it's just getting you from point A to B whereas like Wolfenstein yeah. understands that journey from point A to B and how you can make it formally compelling.
1: For sure, especially something like the party scene and wolfenstein 2 is like so the editing in that is incredible
0: i also i will we'll we'll wrap this up but now that we're talking about wolfenstein which is the most meaningful game series in the world to me new order i think (laughs) is actually significantly better than the new colossus oh uh, absolutely as as a game in general but but the cutscenes specifically are i think they're just shot better and it's it's kind of weird that it seems like they took I mean the the new Colossus is just more pulpy, and and when you're more pulpy, you do fewer kind of mm-hmm. like uh, purposeful things with the camera. Maybe anyway, we're we're on a tangent here. <laughs> we've we've reached the end of Canon Lynch too. I I don't know. We're gonna have we're gonna have another episode of this of this series where where Blake and I and and maybe some other people will see you know kind of wrap up our feelings on the whole series, but. I, yeah what Cole is there anything that you feel like you, you want to say that you haven't got to yet on this podcast
2: not, not really honestly I mean we just didn't get to talk about it just because it wasn't part of this episode but one of my favorite things about this game is the like in media res open and how it is so revolting and like on almost every like every sensory level besides smell but you can imagine what it smells like it's yeah, how revolting yeah. it is and I think it's The game setting up its initial project and what it's doing and it's like okay we're showing you this right now to are you gonna do you want to take this ride with us and if you don't it's okay you don't have to but that game it's it it tells you what it's doing within the first 15 seconds in such a simple yet grotesque way where some games take up to two hours like really let you know what the the actual like what the game is actually doing
1: yeah i agree i think more games should be inspired by live (laughs) leak
0: (laughs) <laughs> there you go but also don't make developers watch it uh yeah <laughs> naughty dog yeah. um well we'll see uh anyway i think that's that's the end of of this episode of something rotten uh colt thank you so much for joining us it was yeah, really sure. really lovely to have you here have your thoughts have someone who is as enthusiastic about this game as both of us are like it's Especially after after playing Kane and Lynch one, it's it's just fun to be able to kind of gush about something. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. No, thank you guys so much for having me. Um,
0: do applause. you want to? We we will put put your article in the in the show notes, which I recommend everyone read. I think it's super good. Uh, other places that people can
2: find you, other work that you're doing that you want to point out. Um, I guess if you can find me out on Twitter at Cole underscore is underscore online, and I mean. I don't have a lot in the works right now or that I can like openly talk about, but if you want, I mean, keep it, always keep an eye on my Medium page. That's sort of where the essays I know that won't get sort of accepted anywhere where I publish them myself. Sure. I guess I, if I'm going to shout out anything I've done recently is, um, about two days ago, I wrote and published an essay about how like the air, air combat and ground air violence in Ace Combat 7, like deeply, deeply makes me uncomfortable. Ooh,
0: I have not read that, but that that sounds really cool. Um, Blake, what's up to you? You got anything cool going on?
1: Just this. That's all I'm doing. Just this, (laughs) baby. Uh, uh, The the other show I do, How I Made That, I did an interview with Andrew Schimmel from Built by Snowman, who did the Altos games, like Altos Adventure, Altos Odyssey, Where Cards Fall. They publish a ton of shit, actually. It's kind of... uh, kind of impressive how much... Anyway, um, I did a big interview with him about uh, Skate City, their mobile Apple Arcade skateboarding game, which is a very, very good skateboarding game. I've played a lot of those motherfuckers, and this one, (laughs) like, stands out as one of the recent ones that is incredibly good. So we talked about uh, Skate City. We talked about Apple Arcade as a platform, how it's performing better than people think it is, just because we don't hear about it every day. I thought that was interesting. Um, So that should... I'm trying to think of the timeline in my head, but I think that'll be out the week before this. So just go find how I made that. And then listen in to the episode I did with Ty rowe from Uppercut Crit, Leo Vader, formerly a game informer, and Matt Leone at Polygon.com.
0: Woohoo! uh and, and Blake is Metallica is rad, as always oh, yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, I don't
1: tweet much except for the other day when I got real mad on Twitter, so you can go find that. Go find Lincoln Real Mad on Twitter. Uh, I'm Jacob Keller
0: on YouTube and Twitter and wherever um, I put out a video recently about video games writing. Uh, it's it's a little masturbatory, but I think it's good it's um, very good especially good. the
1: end it's especially the end when you see my name that's you part. see
0: blake hester's name at about seven pixels <laughs> on the kill screen thing um and it's great yeah so so go go follow me there i got some some fun stuff in the works but you know the that'll all be out in due time um and uh that's about it so thank you for listening to something rotten season two episode four
1: It was unwinnable, not kill screen, by the way. Thank you to Jeffrey Kieschlik, Jeremy Bull, JV Gwaltney, Jill Grow, and Kenneth Shepard for supporting Something Rotten at $10 and or above on Patreon. If you would like to support the show and get episodes early, you can do that at patreon.com slash Blake Hester.